today we're recording from Think House Collective, which is a collaborative shared workspace for Sacramento's creative class. As always, you can listen to the show on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. You can also catch two new episodes each month at creatingyourownpath.com. That new web address will direct you directly to my site where you can find a um, complete archive of both current and past episodes. So I've been pretty excited about today's show uh, ever since I heard from my guest via a very kind comment he left on, um, on the blog on one of my previous episodes. And if you're a huge fan of PBS programming like I am, uh, then he probably needs very little introduction, but I'm going to give it a shot. So Rob Stewart is the energetic host of Rob on the Road, which is a show capturing the stories that really make Northern California a great place to live and to visit. Uh, and he also hosts segments of America's Heartland for PBS on a regular basis, which is a national show. Um, and also, if there's any cool events or like a fun place to be in Sacramento, you can bet that he's going to be there. <laughs> so um, he's kind of all over the place. He's, he's um, a, great, a great person to have in Sacramento. So he's a storyteller at heart. And I kind of, I just can't wait for him to t- share his story with us today. So let's get right to it and welcome to him to the show. Thank, Thank you, you, Rob. Thank you, Jen. It's so nice to be here. I'm really excited. And you know, I love your energy. Oh, thank you. Because it is so exciting that your energy is as infectious as it is on your podcast. Oh, thanks. Thanks. I'm trying. I'm well, trying. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, okay, so let's let's just kind of dive right in. I want to start with your career path. So you started out in TV news, is that correct? I did. Okay, so kind of, can you tell us how you got to where you are today? Sure. Okay. Well, you, you know, you said something that really just hooked me. Okay. And that's creating your own path. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes you're doing it even when you're not aware of it. Sure. And that's what I was doing when I started television news right out of college in 1994. So a while back, uh-huh. <laughs> um, I entered the news business. I had done an internship uh, for a local TV station in South Carolina. Loved it. Loved the fact that it was different every day. And and I really fell in love with the news business. And I started out as a producer and then a reporter and then an anchor in South Carolina. That was how I worked through that station and loved being there. And then moved to New York City uh, and worked for News 12 Connecticut, which is a regional uh, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, um, 24-hour news source. Okay. And did entertainment reporting, which I loved that. It was so much fun. That had to be really interesting. It it was very interesting. And and I'll throw out there also, I was not a journalism major. I majored in political science and wanted to go to law school. And this internship really changed my life. Wow. And so that's when I said I really enjoy the television aspect of storytelling. So, so kind of, can you kind of take us through? You were you were doing TV news. How did you, how did you get to PBS and kind of transition into the role that you have right now? Well, that is sort of a personal involvement. I have nothing but respect for the news industry. Uh, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of bad in the news industry. Plus or minus. Okay. Yeah, I have, what I mean is I have nothing but respect for the people who are trying to bring stories that need to be told. But there's a lot of uh, bad in the news industry okay. as well. And what I mean by that is, is that 
you spend your, you know, you can spend your day with someone pretty much when the news shows up on your front door, it's the worst day of your life. Right. I'm not, you know, if something's happened to you, right. traumatic. And I just began to feel that if what I was doing was not putting a positive seed in somebody's house, literally when they turn the television on or watch it online mm -hmm. or in their heart, then I'm not doing anything for the greater good. And so I began to start wondering, how can I change what I'm doing? And PBS started to really hook me in. I felt that it was a very fair news source. I felt that it was balanced and that it was not agenda-based. So I went from uh, television commercial news to uh, the PBS station in Philadelphia, WHYY, and loved it and produced the, new, the nightly newscast there and then anchored the nightly newscast uh, before I left to come to California. So it was a conscious decision to, decision to move toward news that I felt helped to educate mm -hmm. and not entertain. Let's talk about the shows you do now a little bit because um, I was doing some research and you're a both a producer and a host, right? So. Uh -huh. I'm assuming you have a lot to think about when it comes to producing and hosting. Uh, and so how do those two roles differ? Do you kind of have a producer hat and a, you know, a host hat that you have to wear or do they blend together? How does that work for you? They differ greatly unless you have to do both of them. Okay. <laughs> they normally would be very different roles, uh -huh. but when you have to do both, they become one. Okay. So you're constantly producing while you're hosting and while you're and vice versa. Uh -huh. I mean, you know, you have to, I literally have to produce in my head while we are hosting all the segments. I see. You have to, uh, and sometimes edit in your head. You have to find ways to keep your creative um, thoughts going and your creative producing going. It's hard. Um, but if it looks easy, then I'm doing my job. Right, okay. And I have people all the time tell me, you have the greatest job, you get to do so much fun. And, and, I, and I do, mm -hmm. but that means I'm doing it right. right. So it, it's, it's, it's hard to produce the segments. There's a lot of work that goes into the producing, to the pre-production, to coming to the story with knowing everything you can know about it, but yet going into it with childlike eyes to explore for the person who may be at home who cannot get out and go do these things. Right. So many people you know, spend most a lot of their life in their home what, because they work from home or their most of their, their day is spent in a cubicle and then at home with the family or whoever. And so I go into these stories trying to be their explorer mm -hmm. and I explore from the producer angle as well as the host angle. Okay. That's fascinating Does to that me. Make sense? Yeah, it makes complete yeah. sense to me. And um, we just for those listening, we were talking before we started recording today about just, just the tech stuff, the tech side of things, having to actually physically understand how the tech is going to work before you can start. I do it for this podcast. It's, it's a lot of work. It's, it's a lot of work, and it's, um, it's hard to get from one role to the other. I mean, I'll give you an example. Just the other day, we mm -hmm. went to the Port of Oakland to go out oh, on yeah. uh, Professor Roosevelt's yacht. Mm -hmm. And we had all of our microphones set up and everything, and mm -hmm. the minute we got on the ship, the mics crashed, oh. and we had no audio because oh, no. of all of the towers for the Coast Guard. Oh, okay. Now, how are you going to tour a ship if you're hardwired to, to uh -huh. microphones? But we had to find a way to make it work. So oh, you have gosh. to work through the problems. Yeah. Isn't this true for everything in life, really? Absolutely. You have to work through the problems to get to the product. 
Um, I haven't had anything crazy like that happen yet, but but I, I do understand things not working. So, um, okay, so let's talk about the shows a little bit. You've, you really, especially, well, both of them actually, both shows, both um, America's Heartland and Rob on the Road, you have the opportunity to travel and you meet some really fascinating characters. I think I was watching one of your episodes online and you got to tour the Sacramento Delta with, yes. on this guy's boat. and. It, I mean, talk about a character. He was yeah. pretty cool. He and was. so Bill Wells. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so what what stories draw you in and how do you decide? How do you decide I'm gonna go on a boat with this guy in the Delta? Well, I sort of have a litmus test okay. for what I'm what I want to be on the air. It has to and this, it has to educate, entertain, enlighten, and inform, and inspire. Key, inspire. Mm -hmm. um, so when we get story ideas, which we get every day, everywhere I go, I am so blessed that people give me great story ideas. Sure. And they're good ideas. Right. And many of those end up on the air. Um, but what, but what, I, what I love about finding these stories and doing these stories is I am drawn to the ones that help people without getting all sappy but okay. it's the truth right. that help people live their best lives mm -hmm. I think that we get so stuck in the day to day mm -hmm. um, no matter what it is your job your problems uh, your perspective which was a biggie for me mm -hmm. um, and I, I think it's real easy to get stuck in all of that so with my show I try to get people out of that let them see what's right here in their own backyard. A tank of gas away, right at the most, mm -hmm. so that they can get out and do to to change their perspective, to change their circumstances, to change their outlook, and to change their mood. I was going to say just their mood. Just their mood. You can turn a rotten day around pretty quickly if you. In Northern California, you can turn a rotten day around in one tank of gas. I mean, we I've traveled this entire country. There is nowhere like Northern California to play. Mm -hmm. So that's the purpose of the show, is okay. to get out and help people see where they can play and explore. Yes, if you were to look at it surface value, it would be a destination travel type show, right. but the people are what are, are so memorable. Oh, yeah. The people are as, as beautiful, if not more, than the places we take. I like that. I like that you have kind of a, a core set of values that you want to apply. I do, without, without a doubt. Okay, so we kind of talked about it a little bit, but can you walk us through... The creative process of developing an episode of Rob on the Road. Sure. So, um, I want to ask you what a normal day looks like, but I have a feeling that you don't have days that look a lot alike <laughs> with the show like that. So, but can you kind of, uh, kind of take us through the process of it a little bit? How do you, you know, let's say somebody gives you an idea, then what? Okay. So let's um, let's just come up with an idea now. Right now. Okay. Oh gosh. I have to come up with it. Mm -hmm. Oh man, there are here in Northern California. Anywhere. What would you? Where would you like to go? Well, um, I would like actually. I love Sacramento, mm -hmm. but I actually grew up in Crescent City. Okay. So I would love to see more of Crescent City. All right. So okay. what we would do is we would we would first of all brainstorm on what there is to do in Crescent City, mm -hmm. and since that idea came from you, you would give me all you know four or five amazing things to do in Crescent City. Okay. Then I would do my own research, and, mm -hmm. and we would spend a couple of days on the research process, finding interesting 
nuggets and gems about Crescent City. A lot of these you can do through social media. Mm -hmm. You can reach out to people you know. People come out of the woodworks when you tell them you're coming to a certain spot with, you won't believe so-and-so, and and, and, where did you meet Jen? She's got a million stories. And so you have to cipher cipher through all of those to find where you're going to go. And then when you go, we we shoot. It's a 30-minute show, so we shoot for, it can be anywhere from two to three days if the whole show is one segment. Okay. If there's three segments in a show, which typically there are, there's about a day and a half for each segment. So it's about a week of shooting for a 30-minute show. Wow. We go into edit when we get back. And the editing is, um, we have amazing video. Our Mark, Martin Christian is our videographer. He is fantastic. Our editors are flawless, and they they make they make the magic. The editors and Martin really, of television, they make right, the magic. Right, right, right. And we edit for about two weeks, and then it goes on the air. Wow! And but then there's another there's about a two week lead time after that. So if, okay. if we did if we started today on your Crescent City, Jen takes us to Crescent City <laughs> on the road. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that would be so fun! <laughs> it would be you know probably two months before it aired. Okay, I see. Okay, that's and a lot. And then it's reviewed, and my boss, I have a fantastic boss, Michael Sanford, uh, and David Lowe is our general manager, and they give their input. So every, we, every, we all wear a lot of hats, and we all have a lot of input in the show. Okay, that's good, though. I like that it's collaborative and mm-hmm. and that the community, because they can go on robontheroad.org, and they can email you ideas, right? Absolutely. And okay. we end every show with a call for people to please send us their ideas. Okay. And my email is just rob at kvie.org. That's amazing. But I will say this, with 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 the, you know, create your own uh, path, mm-hmm. which you are so good at helping inspiring people to do, that's, I, I still stick to my core litmus test yeah. of, of what I think my calling is, mm-hmm. and that it must inspire someone, and it can be done even when you're working with a, a big machine. Right. Okay. Um, and... Let's talk about the machine a little bit. That's a good segue for me here because we chatted recently, um, several weeks ago, about the importance of storytelling. And you mentioned, you know, that you love working for KVIE um, because it offers you that structure and stability, but they also offer you a lot of creative freedom. And those listening might think, oh my gosh, this guy has hit the jackpot. He kind of has the best of both worlds. Um, And so... How do you kind of hold on to that? Or even if you've ever had to kind of stand up for that creative freedom a little bit um, while working within the boundaries of a larger organization? That's a good question. Um, Yes, absolutely. And I will always stand up for the content because the person who has done the story Mm -hmm. must fight for the story to tell it authentically. And you can look at any news outlet today and see where stories get lost along the way mm-hmm. and end up agenda-based. That doesn't happen. I, that is the honest truth. That does not happen at KBIE. Yeah, that's um, great. We're, we're able to tell our stories because we are the, the most trusted news outlet, PBS. And that is not just a slogan. Right. It's the, it's the truth. We are able to tell. It's a responsibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have to fight for our content because... It matters. It is public. Right. So, yes, there are instances where we stand up for the stories. And and I have to say that with our management, 
if, if we're standing up for the content, the content wins. That they get it. I mean, our, 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 I don't have to fight with our management over the content because we're all on the same page. That's amazing. Um, okay, so as I mentioned in my introduction, when you're not working, you are everywhere else. And maybe you're getting leads for stories. I don't know. But I follow you on Instagram, and you are all over the place. You're at different events. You're emceeing. You're you're just you're everywhere, it seems like. So can you kind of um, – I always like to ask people how they, they make their work-life balance or blend or harmony, whatever you want to call it, how they make that work for them. Because I know it can be hard um, – especially for people who are maybe recognizable in even a local community or nationwide, it can be hard to kind of have some separation between their maybe persona on TV and their, I'm just trying to have coffee here, you know? So how do you, how do you manage all of that in your everyday life? Um, You know, that, that is a very good question because I do have a very, I have a public job. Mm -hmm, You do. And, I also believe that my job is my calling. Mm-hmm. So I don't separate them. Um, you know, I, 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 I used to. I used to have my job, and then I would go home and, you know, shut it all, shut, shut it all down and just try to, to try to relax and all that stuff. But the truth is I love my job. Yeah. And, you know, about a year and a half ago, or a little longer, I made some really conscious decisions to, uh, change, to change my life. And, and it began with just an overall approach to who I am. And that is that, you know, I, I love sharing people's stories. Mm-hmm. And I love inspiring, trying to inspire other people. Right. So I, I don't separate the two. I gave... I decided to just really give my life to my job. Okay. And I'm not saying, you know, give my life to where I work. Right. Um, I'm saying I've given my life to my work. I see what you're saying. And there's and a huge difference. There's there. a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And and my work is to showcase people in their best light and to tell their story because it's it's a, it's amazing, Jen, when we interview people. Well, we just interviewed, you know, we just did this story on this, on the William Land Park Rock Garden. Oh, uh-huh. And we're talking about this woman and, and her hidden gem, the Rock Garden, which is open to the public. And along the way, we find out that her name is Daisy Ma. And everybody has a story to tell. Mm-hmm. And, and in her story, she just happened to throw out there, well, this has been my, you know, life. I don't, I don't have children. And, and, you know, we stopped the interview at that point for a second. Of course, we kept it rolling, but they stopped the interview and said, no, you do have children. You just, it's about changing your perspective. Right. That rock garden is her life. Right. And I think that, that, that I had to change my perspective on my life. And, and you say you see me everywhere and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I do, because I, I've poured myself into what I believe my life is and and that is exploring california and that means i'm authentically doing it in my life too right. people always say to me are we the same person as you're on tv that's weird yep. i'm like actually no it's it, it's not that's that's i i ain't that's just i'm gonna be exactly who i am and right. that's just the way it is right so can you talk about some of the changes you made sure. to, do you mind mm-hmm. because right. i think that um it might help other people understand Kind of where you were coming from and maybe kind of give us the before and after a little bit okay 
Um, I uh, decided to evaluate my life. Okay. And I decided to, uh, I'm 42. I'm not 22 <laughs> <laughs> anymore. And yeah. I just got to the point where I had seen in my life um, some patterns that I were that I was ready to, um, you know, to change. Okay. A lot of it was uh, was centered around, you know, I work hard, mm-hmm. work very hard, and so I would, um, you know, like to go home and relax. And I just found that some of the ways I was re- I relaxed may not have been that great for my health. Gotcha. Okay. So I decided to start working out, get physically fit. Uh, let go of some crutches sure. in life. Um, We've all got them. Being, so. <laughs> you know, uh, eating too much or that, you know, daily wine, things like that. I just, I got rid of all of it. Yeah. And I said, life comes first. Mm-hmm. And since then, I've, I've lost about 45 pounds. I just How? took my life into control. <laughs> and I decided that if you want, this is really the conversation that I had with myself. If you want to inspire the people, you've got to make room in your life for inspiration. And if you're trying to create your own path, you have to make room for that path to walk on. Right. And so much of my life has been filled with storytelling, and it was time for me to show up for my own story. And that was to take my life into you know, to take all areas of my life into my own hands so that I can be the best person that I can be. And I will tell you, Jen, since I have done that, the blessings in my life that have unfolded, they blow me away. Yeah, because you just opened yourself up for... I just opened myself up... For all the good for stuff to happen. The, for, yeah. for life in its fullest. I love that. That's and, good. And when That's really do, inspiring. Well, when you do, when you show up for life, life shows up for you. Absolutely. That's that's good advice. And um, that's the best way to creating your own path is just to be there for it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think a lot of times we we search and we work and we do and we you know we're always, uh, for lack of a better term, kind of hustling to try and figure it out. You mm-hmm. know, when you are trying to create your own path, whatever that looks like. And um, and you're right. Sometimes when you kind of maybe shut some other stuff down, but you open yourself up to other things. Mm-hmm. It's amazing what can happen. It so, is. Yeah. That's, um, that's just about changing perspectives, too. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, okay, so when you are... I always like to ask people, you know, what, where their creativity comes from. Meaning, like, what sparks your creativity? Um, and so when you're out doing what you do, mm-hmm. what um, makes you say, aha, there it is that's the story or you know what what kind of gets your brain going in that on that creative journey to to tell that story the way it needs to be told it's what you just did it's when you talked about crescent city there were sparks in your eyes Mm -hmm. and your whole face just (laughs) was like you have to see this place it's when i see that light in somebody that that switch is turned on Mm -hmm. and they're like you have got to see this And, and and usually people are right um, and the, the main, the, the perfect, uh, storm for lack of a better word for a story is, is that when it's a wonderful location to go to and a wonderful person to share how that place has touched their life. Okay. Um, you know, there, I could go on and on about 
certain specifics how we've seen people who have done this and we're able to to find those people and tell their mm -hmm. stories you know we, we just we just spent uh, the day as you said on the Delta mm -hmm. with a man who spent 35 years on the Delta helping people fish and he wants the reason he does it is because he likes to see that excitement when someone catches a fish I caught three scared the mess out of me <laughs> um, but it, there, there's, when you find that excitement and you see the visual and the human elements, it, it all goes back to inspiring other people. Yeah, I love that. Um, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn the page just a little bit mm -hmm. because I always like to ask people if there was ever a time in your life when you thought you'd be doing something completely different. Like, ever? Um, like when you were younger yeah, or anything. I wanted to be a singer but I can't sing Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that didn't work um, and I was headed to law school Yeah. Um, and and I don't know why I just when I went to college said I'm, gonna, I'm majoring in political science um, and I'm going to go to law school Okay. And, and so but once I started in television I knew there was something about it I just had to find my way to create my own path in it okay um Along the way uh, of, of doing television, I started doing uh, feature story with storytelling when I could. Okay. And those stories, I felt, were the ones that connected with people the most based on the response people would tell me. So I knew I was on to something. I think when, you're, when, you, when you align with what you're meant to be doing, you will know it by the feedback you get from other people yes. or the feedback you get from your soul. And or maybe some combination of both. Or I think. both. Yeah, which would be great. <laughs> which would be perfect. Yeah. So a lot, um, I was doing things that I, you know, like regular news telling, but when I started the feature reporting, which ultimately grew into a career now with, with what I do with PBS, um, I knew there was nothing else I could do. Yeah. I would still like to see you sing. No, well, not we, now. We could, we, <laughs> this microphone is really nice, but it could not fix the product that would come out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some other time. Okay. Um, we'll do a duo. Um, okay, so if you had one bit of advice to anyone either looking to launch a creative endeavor or or do what you've done, which is, you know, find that that pocket, that sweet spot wherever you work, that and to find the creative freedom within the boundaries of that, what would that advice be? Okay, so if you are in a workplace. Mm -hmm and you're not living your passion, mm -hmm. and you need to be in that workplace, we all get it. You've got to pay bills. You've got to live, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, whether your workplace is at home or whether your workplace is in a physical building or mm -hmm. on the road, whatever, um, find places in that current situation to it go towards your calling. Uh, what your heart tells you. You're, when I say calling, I'm not talking. I'm talking about like what your soul. The smile. What is the smile of your soul? Mm -hmm. Like if you can visualize it, what makes your soul smile? Yeah, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Right. And if you can find a way to do that currently where you are, I'll give you an example. When I first came to KBIE, I pitched a, a, a segment, just a little three minute segment that would air between shows called Ray of Light. I wanted to do a show about inspirational people well that that didn't work but mm -hmm. it started a ball rolling I think for me that I wanted to do inspirational storytelling um, and then when Robin LaRoe came along I said great it was 
I still will be able to tell those personal needs stories mm -hmm. under a larger umbrella. Okay. Um, now, did you pitch the Ray of Light? Did you did. actively say this I is did. what I would? Okay. Yeah, we have a we have what's called a pipeline meeting where we discuss ideas, and I put that I out see. There for for that and it, and just for for many reasons that didn't make the cut. No, but I think it's important to to take it's taking a risk essentially because you have to take they could have laughed at you they could have called you crazy they could you know mm -hmm. so many bad things could have happened at that meeting right right but in, even though it didn't work out like you said it kind of turned the corner into you know into something else absolutely so but I'll tell you this that could have happened but it didn't because the worst usually does not come true yes and our fears Really? It's just an acronym. Thoughts, evidence, appearing real. That's all fear is. It's just the bull. I mean, <laughs> get out of get get yourself out of the way. Put that seed out there. Whatever job you're doing, if you're if you're stuck inside of a cubicle, I can assure you there's something you can do at your job that'll let your soul shine. And that will open other doors. Right. Because people will see Because they see your sweet spot. Right. That's good advice. Okay, so with Rob on the road and America's Heartland, um, what what's next? So what what exciting projects or things do you have that you can share with us? Sure. Um, what do you have coming up? Um, well, so we have a lot. Okay. Twenty fifteen is, um, and this is about just putting things out there, right? Yes. You, know, you put things out there into the universe that you want to happen, and we're working very hard to grow the show. Okay. Um, we are actively. Um, working on that now and when I say grow the show I mean we're actively working on growing our uh, support uh -huh. network there with that and we are going to hopefully to take the show the dream is to take it statewide right now we're in Northern oh, California that would be and really so fun we'll, we'll, we, are, we are Sacramento and we will always be Sacramento but with Sacramento there are you can still go anywhere in the state mm -hmm. and people love to travel and we the ratings prove it. I mean, just the one the show that we just recently did, one of our highest rated ones yet, and it was all across the bay. And then we did some stuff here in Sacramento. So people like these day trips. So mm -hmm. we're going to expand them into the state, and then hopefully take the the, the show statewide. That okay. is the dream. Okay. So what what are the steps involved with that in terms of of growing an audience and growing the show? How does well, what does that look like? The audience is there. Okay. Um, and we know that from our feedback and from our Mm -hmm. What it what it involves on? I mean, do you really want specifics? Well, I mean, kind of like how how just for those of well, who are PBS, listening who, who it's PBS, you have know. to get sponsors. Okay. So we're looking, we're we're out actively getting corporate sponsorships. Oh, I see. That's okay. what that's what that's about. Okay. I was sort of dodging that a second ago, but I didn't know how to dodge it. That's what. No, no, <laughs> no. But but that but I think that's important, and I think a lot of people who are like myself who are creating content these days. Finding a way to keep it running, keep it going—it's hard. It's very difficult, and you need a whole office full of people to, to help you get get whether it's sponsorships or um, or donations or fill in the blank, mm -hmm. whatever that whatever you want to call it. It's getting funding to keep content either on the air or on the radio, you know, um, on the internet. In print, you know, there, there's this weird funding thing happening out there when, when you're talking about creating content in any format. Um, and so I, I don't think it's a, a question to dodge. It's just, it's just part of 
part of the current, you know, language. It's it's part of the current current issues that are happening. Well, then I'll tell you exactly what we're doing on that. We are so yes, sponsorship um, and funding, mm -hmm. what whatever language it is you want to use, is so important. But I am an optimist, and I believe that when you connect with your passion project, mm -hmm. whatever that is. Mm -hmm. The funding will come, but you have to do the footwork. You have to get out. You have to be present. You have to, to, to show up to be in a place to hear about the funding. You have to, to, to be in a place to ask for it. Mm -hmm. And the only place you can ask, only time you can really ask for it is if you're truly doing it and living it authentically. Right. And if you have an idea that you believe deserves funding, if you're if you are living that idea in your product or even even in your pitch, um, the funding part can be done, but it's tough. It is a tough market, right? The economy may you know be coming back and all that, but the funding part is tough. Mm -hmm. um, it, as a lot of it is about knowing people to um, to talk to about funding. Sure. You can't just keep it in a in a bubble. You have to get out. And be okay with asking people for help with finding the funding. Right. And you will be surprised how people will help you with that, with helping connect you with people that they may know if they believe in your cause. And they'll only believe in their cause if you're living your cause. Mm -hmm. And you can only live in your cause if you get everything in your life in a place where you can live it. That's a, We're going to end on that because okay. that is really it's good advice because I think like I said a lot of people who are listening to the show are content creators in some form or they have a project that they want to launch whether it's a, a paper goods store or a you know it, whatever it is and funding is involved in all of that all so of that. um that's a really good advice is if you're going to live the dream live it live <laughs> you know it. yeah actually yeah. live it authentically so, authentically live it Okay, so we'll we'll keep an eye out for all the cool stuff coming Thank coming you. down the line. Um, and for those listening, I'll definitely be linking up to everything we mentioned in the episode today and over on the show notes at creatingyourownpath.com. And in the meantime, be sure to check out Rob's work with America's Heartland on your local PBS station. As I said, it's a national show. It's shown pretty much everywhere at this point. Um, and you can catch up with all things Rob on the Road over at robontheroad.org. And you can watch a ton of the episodes online if it's not shown on your local station. So, um, so thank you for being here. Thank you. I you really are just as delightful in person oh. as you are in my ears. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Make me blush. Um, okay, so as always, I do want to say thank you to Think House for lending us their recording space. If you've enjoyed these episodes, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for listening, you guys, and we'll catch you next time. Mm -hmm.